Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Happy Hour Network. This is the play-by-play podcast hosted by myself, Jack McFarland, and Nicholas Schlemmer. How's it going, guys? We have a great show lined up for you today. I'm really looking forward to it, and we'll just jump right into our first segment here. The future is now. So in this segment, we're kind of talking about the future and what that looks like in different aspects. And today's topic we're going to be talking about is VR in the workplace and what we can expect from that. Yeah, so VR has gained a lot of popularity over the last couple years. Uh, kind of started out as like a project and kind of moved into gaming, like VR gaming. But now a lot of industries are using it uh, to save millions of dollars and just make life easier. Um, one big industry that I've noticed right away that is taking full advantage of VR is the healthcare industry. I don't know if you knew this, Nick, but you can actually get like a doctor's appointment on your VR headset. You can be sitting in your living room with your VR, get a doctor's appointment, and they can uh, legally prescribe you uh, medicine in VR. Very interesting. So that's like having a doctor on the VR set as well? Yeah, so like they'd have the VR on. You'd have it on, and then there'd be like a virtual doctor's office, so you don't have to go anywhere. Uh, there's no, n- not a lot of waiting, really, because you just load right up. You're not in the waiting room. And I, and I know that you kind of messed with this, but the, I believe it's called Horizon, where you can build your own world world, is that correct? Yeah, so we'll go into a little more detail of that in just a couple minutes, but basically, I mean, yeah, you can use Horizon World to, to build anything. Uh, you can. There's games you can play in there. There's virtual houses. Um, I was going to say, whenever you're doing these virtual healthcare visits, I'm sure the uh, doctor has a virtual office that somebody had to build for him or her, or maybe they built it through something like Horizon. Yeah, no, there's a lot of ways that you can build a virtual office, but you're totally right. I mean, you're not just doing this like on a blank screen. I mean, it, it is its own virtual world. It's called the metaverse, uh, is the universe in virtual reality. And yeah, I mean, doctors are taking full advantage of it. You can also practice surgery like so if you're uh you know in med school you don't have to use the expensive dummies and you can just put your headset on practice surgery right there yeah uh we've also seen this used for engineering slash automotive work we're seeing uh, technicians and stuff building car prototypes truck prototypes whatever it may be in the virtual world now it's obviously not you're not holding the the wrench and all that stuff mm-hmm. it's not hands-on but you can see how the parts work together and fits, maybe it won't work. It's like a blueprint before you actually start doing it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good point. Um, I actually saw that due to this, especially companies like BMW and Jaguar Land Rover are doing this with their engineers, that they have actually saved millions of dollars in prototypes. Because it's very expensive to make a prototype, even if it's one car. It is much cheaper to just put on your VR headset, get a team of people, and build it right there in the virtual world for free. Definitely. And- and talking a little bit more about the, the metaverse. Now, it could be used for the workforce, but it can always be used for fun. Oh, yeah. You can always hang out with friends, play games, have meetings, create artwork, whatever, create your own world. It's like Minecraft, but VR. For yeah, I mean... That's a good example. It, it, there is no limitations. I mean, I know that I have been working on a secret project. I don't think we can say it on here, but I've been doing a lot in, especially Horizon Worlds, building a world. Um, but yeah, you can play golf with your friends on... Two in the morning if you want it. You don't got to go to a golf course. You can just play golf. You can go to the casino. You can make art. It, you can do whatever you want in the virtual world. Yeah. And I, I know I've had, I think you have as well, 
the uh, the game Beat Saber. Oh yeah, VR. It's kind of like just the first game it prompts you to use whenever mm-hmm. you get your first VR headset. But I don't know. It's been it's so much fun. You got good music. You're throwing your hands around, acting crazy, and you're also kind of working out. Yeah, it's a huge workout. And it, not only is it a workout, it works on you know, hand-eye coordination yeah. with hitting the things. But I think that's a, like a, more of a slept-on area of VR is you can totally work out in VR. Yeah. You can do training classes. You can do boxing, uh, just playing games like golf and Beat Saber. I mean, you are active. This is not a – it can't be a sit-down and just use your hands. But most of these VRs, like you're standing up, walking around, moving around. It is a huge workout tool. Yeah, and I was kind of doing a little bit of research just on the uh... – more on the workout side of what the VR world can be used for. And there's this application called Supernatural. It is gaining a lot of popularity over, it was invented in 2020. And by Time Magazine, it was voted number one for the best invention in the VR world. And it basically uses games, if you know what Beat Saber is like, we kind of explained it, but it's like Beat Saber. You're moving around constantly. You can do stretching, um, anything it may be, but they're gaining tons of popularity with people mm-hmm. in the VR world. They don't have to leave their house to work out. That's a huge thing now, especially after the COVID. Yeah, no, for Supernatural, uh, now that you mention it, I have used it, um, and Trish McFarlane loves it. She's a huge advocate for it because you, it's like there's like a personal trainer in it, and it, it is a real workout. Like, I did it. it. It will get you sweating. It is a proper exercise to do this in VR. Um, I think kind of the last thing I want to hit is that if you're a company... A lot of big ones, um, the one that I'm going to use as an example is Wendy's, is building their own worlds for publicity uh, and gaining new customers and gaining new interactions. They have, it's called the Wendyverse, and you go in there, they've got like you know, all the Wendy's ads everywhere, and they've got these like virtual buildings and games and stuff, and like, I think what you're going to see in the next you know, 10 years is that every company will eventually have their own thing that you can go in and VR and visit and interact with. No, no, I totally agree with that because as this VR, it's still fairly new. Not everybody has access to one, but I can only imagine that, say, five years from now, it's going to turn into almost like a phone. Everybody's going to have mm-hmm. some kind of virtual reality, whether it's a VR or even just like an app on your phone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to turn. Yeah, into. it's getting cheaper and cheaper each each year. It's getting better each year too. <clears throat> I mean, I think you're totally right. In five, ten years, it's it will be the new phone. Yep. So if you're a company or in charge of marketing or something, definitely look into VR because it is next up. We're telling you right here, 2023, March 1st, VR will be the next iPhone. Yeah, that's great. That kind of wraps up our first segment. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, so for our second segment today, we have another top ten. Last time we did top ten brands that are favorable in Gen Z. And today, we're going to focus on the top 10 travel trends in Gen Z for 2023. So these are kind of everything that from international travel to just like local travel in Gen Z. Yeah, and starting off with the first thing straight away, Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Airbnb with our generation is... Almost a, essential at this yeah, point yeah. for, I mean, hotels are... <laughs> I mean, you've seen it in that there's a Hilton commercial where... It tries to like make fun of, oh, you rented a bad place. Why don't you come stay with us? Because, yeah. I mean, Airbnb has exploded, especially for Gen Z, because one, because of the pandemic, hotels, you're around a lot of people. And, and two is for the privacy. I mean, you get a whole house to yourself. Yeah. You can rent it with your friends and each have your own room. It can be pretty cost effective. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and Gen Z makes up the fastest growing group of users so far today for Airbnb. And then Airbnb also does this to where the owners of the properties get to choose basically the age limit that you mm-hmm. can uh, rent the place. And personally, from what I've seen in some of my travel experiences, is a lot of them allow you to be under 21 years Mm-hmm. Usually it's about, they prefer 19 or 20. 18 is kind of that drawing line, but it's nice to be able to, you're not 21 yet, but you can go out and rent a place, spend time with your friends, do whatever you need to do. Yeah, it just provides another way that you and your friends can get yeah. on travel if you want, uh, relatively inexpensive, as long as you're grouping it together. Now, some of them can be expensive, don't okay. get me wrong. I think another tool is like Airbnb is like you said, it that the owner gets to kind of choose you know, who they let in. So you're not letting in someone who's going to trash your house and destroy it. I think, I think it's good for both parties. Yeah, and definitely with our generation, if you include anything with technology, our generation is more of if we can book it online and not have to call anybody or do anything like that, we are probably 10 times more likely to do it. Yeah, if we, that, that, if we can just hit book now and we are good to go, that's Gen, that's everything Gen Z needs. Yeah, I mean, that's actually our next trend is that online booking and just using technology to plan a trip is extremely popular. Like, uh, far away are the days of calling a travel agency and setting up a trip like that. For Gen Z, I mean, I've set up numerous trips in the past couple of months and all I've done is go on Expedia and you click, you know, flights uh, to and from. You can book hotels, you can book excursions, car rentals, everything in one site, and that is the new norm for booking a trip. Yeah. And a lot of times, whenever you can combine a lot of those things, as we all know, it kind of saves you a little bit of money in the long run. Oh, yeah. Not doing one thing with this company, the car with another one, the hotel with something else. Everything is kind of added together in one shared space. Yeah. It's easier to keep track of everything, too, I found, because, I mean, it is. Like I said, it's in one shared space. It, it, convenience, I think, is the overall theme um, of Gen Z travel, is how convenient can you make it to plan and then execute uh, a trip. Yeah, and then going off that convenience factor, and this is for any generation, if something is convenient, would you say that you are way more likely to do it again or spend more money doing something if it's just really convenient? Exactly. I mean, that that is so true. If it's convenient, I'll even pay a little extra just for the convenience of it. And I think that's kind of the brilliance in it, Expedia especially, because they have everything on one side. Yeah, and then we have a little bit of data here. And the most likely generation to splurge on a trip, number one was 72% of Gen Z people. Yeah, so that statistic did catch me off guard. And you have to keep in mind that splurging for Gen Z it might be different than splurging for millennials or Gen X because... Splurging for us would mean spending maybe a normal amount on a trip, yeah. but still, I mean, 72%, I think, I mean, that leads into another trend is that Gen Z is looking to travel. Yeah. It is ni- 99% of the generation says uh, that they want to travel. Yeah. A lot of our generation is looking to get, get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Maybe this can even be um, in terms of leaving for college. It could be anything like that. Just getting your foot out of the door, out of your hometown. Once people kind of figure out what that feeling is, it's like, wow, there's way more out here in the world than just our hometown. We love it, and we we get attracted to it. Oh, yeah. And then, like, that, in a way, that kind of leads into Gen Z is also looking for unique and authentic experiences. Like, they're not so focused on, oh, let's go to the same beach every year over and over again as a family. They want to get out. They want to go places that... 
maybe aren't as popular. They want to go off the beaten path of vacation and trips and find what's really unique out there. Yeah, definitely. And, and then I know just from just searching over Airbnb and Expedia, they have, there's so many different um, condos, cabins, anything that isn't on the mainstream or the main street per se. They're 20 miles out of the way. Yeah. Just you're secluded and you can pretty much do anything you want. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think, what Gen Z and maybe in other generations are what, as well are starting to look for. They don't want to be in a huge crowd of people all the time, mm-hmm. which these sites can offer. Yeah, I think part of that is due to the pandemic as well because, you know, everyone was by themselves and or with a small group of friends. And I think people realized, hey, let's let's get together in smaller groups, but go do, you know, really different things. Yeah. Um, I mean, just one kind of unique travel experience for Gen Z is a lot of people are wanting to go on these food trips where they'll travel to um, another country. And the whole goal is to stay local and eat local. So you just experience a whole different lifestyle. And that itself is the trip. It's not so much the destination of where you're going anymore. It's more of what are you doing? How are you getting there? Yeah. What is the overall experience? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then also personally for me, whenever, so social media, it's obviously yes, it's it has a huge influence on, I'd say almost every generation. But especially for our generation, even with me, if I see somebody that I follow on Snapchat or just like, celebrity or something mm-hmm. if i see that they go to a certain place i'm looking that up see how much it costs yes. how, how can i get there because i want to do the same thing that they're doing mm-hmm. and that's just becoming a craze i feel like of people not necessarily following celebrities or um social media influencers but acting more like them yeah i mean in the statistics back you up on that exact point i saw that 72 percent of gen z says that seeing an influencer go somewhere makes them want to go to that place as well. So it's just like you said, you see a famous person or someone you follow going somewhere on social media, you're looking up, how do I get there? How do I stay there? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it is a huge part of deciding where to go on maybe your one yearly trip, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. And then kind of the flip side of that is we talked about taking trips with friends, but if you want to talk about a little bit about gen, what we call solo trips, yeah, so this is this has kind of come out of left field of these Gen Z solo trips. And the theory is the pandemic being by yourself made people want to get out and about, but they couldn't be with a lot of people. So these solo trips started popping up. And the whole idea is to go somewhere with just yourself. Like, go enjoy being with yourself, your own company, having your own fun. Um, not to mention, I mean, a solo trip is cheaper. Yes, yes. Then planning for a family or a group of friends. Yeah. And I don't know about anybody else who's been listening to the show, but me personally, I think about doing solo trips, I'd say all the time. Daily. <laughs> like, I think of, oh, I could go there. Yeah, what, what if, if I just got my car and What if I just left? Like, I've, I've done one of those trips with a couple of my buddies to where the night before we said, you want to go to Florida? Let's do it. Exactly. The next morning, we got in the car and we drove to Florida. Like, those things, it was it was the most fun I've ever had on a trip. Yeah. And I feel like these solo trips is kind of the same concept. Mm-hmm. It you exactly kind of decide something right away and just, boop, you're gone. Yeah. And that's our last trend is the spontaneous trip. It's not, you're not planning this for six months to a year in advance. I mean, no. you're, it's, it's Friday night. You want to go to the beach Saturday morning? Sure, let's drive 500 miles and go to the beach and yeah. find somewhere to stay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's almost the excitement. Like, oh, you know, what are we going to get? Um, yeah. 
yeah, it, it is a huge way to travel now. So yeah, that kind of wraps up our top 10 Gen Z travel trends. Keep an eye out for them and for new emerging ones. But I say we move right into our final segment of the day. Yep, and our final segment of the show is early basketball predictions. It is March 1st at the time of recording this. So everybody knows what that means. I'm assuming everybody knows what that means. March Madness. Oh yeah, we are here. It is, um, it's not only a tournament. It is a way of life. It is a holiday, yeah. a month-long holiday. It is yeah. just some of the best sports that you can watch all year. I couldn't agree with that more. Whenever March Madness rolls around, people will not go to work. Mm-hmm. They'll watch all day because there's games going on all the time. If your team's on, that's, that comes first. Yeah. If you're, t- if you're Especially if you're a college student or in uh, alma mater or anything like that from a college, you're watching your team. Oh, yeah. That's number one on the list to do for the day. Yeah, so, I mean, let's just jump right into our predictions here. Tell me a little bit about maybe your early, early predictions. Now, keep in mind, we don't know the seeding uh, and how everything's going to and what the matchups are going to look like, but what are some of your favorite teams that to win the whole tournament? To win the whole tournament. So, so I have four of them listed here. I have Kansas, Alabama, Miami, and Houston. Now, I believe all of those teams are in the top 10 currently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I know that usually doesn't happen. And a lot of upsets happen in March. That is true. So a lot of these, maybe none of these teams might not even make it to Elite Eight or Final Four. Yeah. But that'd be my top four. I'm curious on what yours are if they were similar. Yeah. So my top four, um, I have Texas, Hook'em Horns. I think they're going to go pretty far. I believe they're the sixth or seventh seed right now. Um, UCLA. Purdue, and Tennessee. So my kind of theory behind it is I try not to pick the number one seed. So right now that would be Houston because I have done that in the past and been burnt by the fire. It doesn't usually work. The no. number one seed, it's been a long time since they think a number one seed is one, correct? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't remember if Gonzaga was one or two yeah. when they won it not too long ago. But it is so hard to predict because – of the upsets. It's a win or go home. I mean, yeah. you look at UMBC as a 16 seed from, God, maybe five years ago now at this point, which is crazy. But they made it so far. You think of South Carolina, yeah. the Gamecocks. We went to that Final Four yeah. just to see them playing. Yeah. Shout out Steve Bowes. Yep. Thank you, Steve, for that again. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it this year. <laughs> but yeah, talking about the one seed, the one seed, you know, always gets. Uh, Paired up with lower seed. Mm-hmm. And that lower seed playing a one seed, they have nothing to lose. Exactly. They're going to leave it all out on the floor. So that's where March Madness comes into play, where it is madness. Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to lose by 30, 50 points. Like, yep. and if then, you go out there and lose, no, they're like, oh, well, you're a 16 seed. Yeah. You're supposed to lose. Yeah, the one seed's playing the, the 20 seed, and all of a sudden, the 20 seed's beating them by 30. Yeah. And you're like, where did that come from? Exactly. Well, the, the other team had nothing to lose. Yeah, they now they get to go on and they just moved up their rankings. Yeah, but I mean, I guess before we jump the gun on March Madness, the big tournament, let's maybe talk about some of the the major conference championships coming up because it is, I believe, one more game for A most lot of teams. teams only have one or two more conference. Games. Yeah, and then it, it's tournament time, yeah. which is kind of a precursor to March Madness because I mean, crazy upsets can still happen oh, in these conference cool. tournaments. And a lot of these will play into the seeding of the final tournament. Yep. That's why it's so hard to predict right now. But, I mean, what are some of your thoughts? Well, let's just go through the Power Five, you know, yep. five major conferences. Tell me some of your thoughts on who you think is going to win. 
Yeah, so for the Big Ten, I'm I'm feeling Indiana for the Big Ten. Indiana, yeah, I mean they've been on fire this year. Mm-hmm. They've they've won some big games. They also just lost to Iowa. So I have I'm I would honestly change it up. I'm gonna say Indiana slash Iowa. Mm. Because Iowa the first half of the season was kind of struggling. Okay. But now Indiana is ranked pretty highly, so I believe. And Iowa's not ranked at all. And they just they're catching fire at the right time. Yes, they're catching fire at the right time, for sure. And SEC, Alabama. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Pac-12, Arizona. ACC, I have Miami. This is kind the U. Of, the U, yep. Kind of, I believe they're ranked 16th or something like that right now. Mm-hmm. But they've, been, they've jumped up a lot here recently in their rankings. And then for the Big 12, I have Kansas. Kansas is just one of those teams to where they are just dang good. Yeah, they're and gonna be there at the end of the year. They're gonna be they're they're gonna be in the tournament and they're gonna make a run. Like if they're not a three seed or better, then their year was a disappointment, honestly. Yeah. They're they're just like one of those teams to where it's Oregon, Gonzaga, UNC, Duke. Duke. Yeah. Which Duke's not sadly not there anymore like that. Yeah, Duke and you know UNC have gone down. Yeah, but Kansas is here to play. Kansas yes, kind of took their place. So going over that with mine, I want to hear yours, Jack. Yeah, so first I'll start with the Big Ten as well. I've got Purdue. I, I believe they're actually like the highest ranked. They might be a three seed right now overall, but they're definitely the highest ranked in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see Iowa winning it, i got to be honest. I mean, last year I was really big on Iowa, and they really hurt me, let me down, so I can never root for them again. <laughs> also, go Skurs. <laughs> yep, yep. Nebraska fans here. Yep, we are from Nebraska. Are, yep. He did say Iowa's going to win. I don't know. I did say that. I, I don't know what to say because you know Nebraska doesn't like Iowa, but continue. Yeah, and so and also Purdue is thirteen and five in the conference, and I think when you have that good of a record in your conference, you know how to game plan for each each team. Yes. And I think Purdue will is just the best coached and the best well rounded team in the Big Ten. I see them winning it. For the SEC, I've got Texas A&M, home of Johnny Football. You know, I don't know if anyone remembers Johnny Manziel, but he's he was the goat in college. That is <laughs> terrible in the NFL. Anyway, um, yeah, I've got them winning the SEC. They are fourteen and three in the conference and twenty two and eight overall. They, I mean, three losses in your conference and in the SEC. That's I mean, really good. You've got a good shot to win, and they are a solid team. And I, I don't want to say they're a sleeper. But I feel like with Alabama this year, no one is looking at Texas A&M. No, I was going to say, I didn't realize that Texas A&M had such a good record. Yeah, no, because Alabama, it's been the story of the year. The football school that did awful in football and is lighting up in basketball. I think everyone is jumping the gun on Bama, and it's just one game. You know, it's not not like the NBA. This isn't a best of seven. I think maybe overall Alabama is the better team, but I think Texas A&M will win it and bring it. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Pac-12, I agree. Arizona, thirteen and five in the conference and twenty-four and five overall. So they've actually only lost conference games, which does scare me a bit. But I think down the stretch they're going to be just fine. Yeah. Um, the ACC, you had the U, you had Miami. I'm going with NC State. The Wolfpack. Yeah. So they, I mean, they started off the year all right, not really making headlines, but recently they've. They've been lining up. They're moving up the rankings. I think they're getting better with each game. I mean, they started slow and still finished thirteen and six in the conference. I, I think that they they've got the ball rolling and it's just going to snowball in a good way into the conference championship. And I think they'll win it. And then my final prediction: 
Who would have saw this coming? One of my four for March Madness. Texas, hook them horns. Let's go for the Big 12. 11-5, not the greatest conference record, but still definitely respectable. And 22-7 and overall. I don't know what it is. I, I just have this feeling about Texas. And I know you can't base much off feeling. Yeah. But, I mean, they shoot the lights out. And, and they're physical. Mm-hmm. They are a solid all-around team. And I really believe that they'll win the Big 12. And, I mean, honestly... I think Texas might win the whole thing. They might be my number one pick. Hook them horns. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that's some pretty bold predictions. I think we both have some bold predictions here on our list. And, and if anyone tuning in, we would love to hear what you guys think about our list and then potentially your list. Yeah. Who are, your, who are your top threes to, to win the whole March Madness tournament? Yeah, I'd say there's so much focus on certain teams where I think this is a year of like you said, I think the, upsets are going to be upsets and or sleeper teams per se mm-hmm. are going to come into play and really make it. Be yeah, because I don't, I don't know. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Houston this year, but they are the number one. But I, I, I just have a feeling that there's no clear number one. There's been definitely a switch all year. There hasn't been one team that has just dominated all year. Yeah, I mean, for for a while there, number one was in the Big Ten and Purdue. Yeah, Purdue was number one for a while. And then all of a sudden, they've started losing some games. Now they're dropping down the rankings. It's crazy how things can fluctuate in basketball. Yeah. Oh, any yeah. sport, but especially in the March time for basketball. Yeah, I guess you could call it madness. <laughs> it is madness. It is madness. Well, it's going to be a fun month of basketball, and hopefully... I'm all correct and Nick's all wrong. That's all I got to (laughs) say. We will see. Looking forward to watching all the games. And guys, thank you for tuning in today. It's been a great show. Jack, I've had a blast filming this with you. And then, you know the drill. We now have one of my new favorite segments. The ending segment of motivational quotes. The quote of the show. And for this one, I have a quote from Winston Churchill. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. And I think that is the perfect way to end off our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope to see you guys later in the month. And, yeah, this has been the play-by-play. Thank you. Thank you and goodbye for now.